It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! <laughs> hey! Woo! Yeah! I'll tell you, oh, man. we have a lot of interesting conversations <laughs> on this show before the show. Like the 10 minutes before, five minutes, whatever. But in particular today, because when G. Bush is here or... When Jay is here, those guys come in last second, usually. Yes. Right? They Those guys consistently As get in. As the music in. is playing, right. they're and sitting down. Jay's yeah. usually getting here at 10.57, and Jay gets here at 10.58. Yeah, that's true. But Tyvis is always here early. First. Jason's, you know, hit or miss, yeah. but, but he's often here early. And I usually get here around 10.30. So it's like the first time we did our pre-show 10.30 meeting in forever where everybody was here yep. in person. There was, was nobody beautiful. on the phone. So we're all here. And so things, so our pre-show conversation, we had extra time for. And today, it was a new, like, we can't tell you anything. I'll say this one thing. There was a lot of discussion of bathroom habits. That's it. Six men, seven men, there's seven of us here. Seven men in bathroom habits. Uh, You would have either been horrified being in here for the last 10 minutes or laughed your ass off. It's very relatable. It was all very, very relatable. And yes. it was, we was discussing top three worst feelings in the world. And everybody <laughs> would agree that this feeling is the worst. That's so. right. You would have all probably enjoyed the conversation, but we, we will not say it on air. It'll be the last show. <laughs> no, we'll leave no, it there. So a lot to get to, guys. Obviously, there's a, a report today about a potential new Brown Stadium site. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, we're, we're doing uh, no fence riders later in the show. And Jake Trotter, uh, Brown's beat reporter for ESPN, will join us as well. Before we get into our first official topic of the day, though, just and we will get to the Cavs a little longer later. But, guys, uh, I, has anybody done a bigger 180 than me in terms of uh, – the Cavaliers. I was like, not interested, not interested. Bulls blowing up our phones with Cavs. Bulls Bull talking about the Cavs are going to beat LeBron's best season record. Well, no, no, no. I was not, like, not, what? Well, not that because LeBron won 66 one year. Oh, well, 57. But the most games the Cavs have ever won without LeBron is 57. They've done that twice. In fact, even LeBron's 11 years, he's only won more than 57 twice. He had the 66, and then I think 62. He stopped caring about the regular season right. a long time ago. Right. Why? <laughs> but the Cavs could win 57 this year. They're, I on, mean, they're on pace for 55 ish, yeah. 55, 56. And they won, what, 15 of 16, I they believe? Won, so. Didn't they win 51 last year? Yeah. Yeah. I, I it think doesn't ultimately gonna matter. Get, I think once they get towards the end, they're going to be like, yeah. This, you know, this week will be interesting, or the next couple of weeks, because they're playing a lot of bad teams coming mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and they've really played their 
least inspired games against bad teams of late, which is not, as you say, Jason, uncommon for good teams. Yeah. But when they started this winning streak, it was most, or this winning stretch, it was mostly against crappy teams, and they were killing them. Mm-hmm. But they didn't kill the Pistons. They didn't kill the Wizards last night, who were both obviously really bad teams. They played the Nets tonight, right? They're playing the Nets. They're, they're not playing. The Sixers are the only team in their next, I think, seven or eight games that is more than three games over 500. And, and they look And obviously, bad. they don't have that beat, so they're yeah. not really a team over more than three games well, they, over 500 without They just him. traded. Then they, they just traded for uh, Buddy, right? So we'll see some trades today. Deadline's what time today? Three. Three o'clock. Okay, Shout so there may be, you know, we'll see. And Kobe Altman addresses the media at 3.30. Yeah, so we'll see. If, if the Cavs do something, it's probably going to be a small. They ain't doing anything. Not even that. like for a better 10th or you know, 11th or 12th man in case of injury, like a small thing. I, I think they would rather wait for the buyout market. Okay, makes because sense. Because, like, just because they don't do anything today, if they don't do anything today, it doesn't yeah. mean that they're not going to do anything at all. Like a whole buyout market is going to develop of veterans on bad teams that don't get moved today. Right. And that will become available to them. So they still have, and if there's nothing there, then they could take that money and convert Craig Porter off his two-way deal and give him a roster spot. Right. Why not not Imani Bates? He's already on the roster. Yeah. Technically. He's just not going to play. But no, like, listen, the Cavs obviously are way deeper than the last year. They have 10 legitimate players. Yeah. But still, you never know with injuries. Yeah, more than that. I'd count Tristan as a legitimate player. Okay, so 11. Yeah. But if you could have a 12th or 13th guy that if you had to use him would be valuable, why not? I mean, you don't know what Tristan's going to look like when he comes back from the suspension. You don't know if the horse vitamins he was using or whatever it was that he was using, you yeah. know, if that's why he was able to play it, you just don't know. Horse vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> actually were. So, no, Jason, Jason's not wrong. Or, they were not really horse vitamins. vitamins, but they were legitimate steroids. Yeah. Stolen from Mike's uh, future niece? Yes. Well, they're not, she's not using steroids on her horses, but if they nah, were to no, steal kidding. horse steroids, it would be from a horse show. So, by the way, oh, how much we, last thing on the cast before we move on to the stadium, because this is potentially big news. How much are we buying into, uh, Tyvis, you go first, the fact that Evan Mobley <laughs> is coming back from injury is five of six from three. We're buying into that. Big deal, small deal, no deal. I wish Jason Crawford was on the set because I look him square in his eye and tell him, it's a big deal. What you mean? He's finally getting comfortable shooting threes. At first, he wasn't comfortable with it. Now yeah. he's going 100%. I think he's found his rhythm. And the most important part of it all is that he got the teammates trust him. And that's the biggest part. Like, they like, Evan open, get him the ball. And he's like, I know I can shoot it. I got the green light to shoot it. So, I think him, his success over these last couple of games, shooting the three at a high clip. Well, not a high clip, two yeah. and two and three and three. That's I, a high clip. I guess that yeah. is a high clip. That's that's big, and that's going to be something that they need to be successful if they want to make it deeper in the postseason. Him shooting and as we discussed on Tuesday, Isaac Okoro shooting. If both of those two can sh- contribute yeah. from the three-point line, that makes this team kind of unbeatable. Jason, big deal, small deal, no deal. What's bigger than big? Massive. Hum- humongous. Then that's what it is. Really? That yes. big? Only it's six shots, big. but it's that big. But it's, it, it's giving him confidence to you know, know that saying? he can do it. Yeah. I think he needed the confidence. He's, he's been practicing yeah. for years. He's been practicing the shot. At some point, you got to shove him off the boat and see if he can swim. Yeah. And so far he's figured it out. Now, you know, two games doesn't make right. Doesn't mean it's going to continue, but it's certainly a good sign that he can do this. And when he can do this, it changes the entire complexion of that offense when yeah. Jared and Evan are playing next to each other. You can play them together <laughs> so much more frequently on offense if Evan's going to hit those shots. Yeah. So it's a, it's a game changer as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he doesn't have to yeah. shoot 8, 9, 10 of them. 
No, but three. if he can make two out of three, yes, he needs. You know, he, he doing it enough that that whoever's checking right. is stepping up. Like, yeah, I gotta go out there. And here's the thing: I talked about it. I think I talked about it when I was in earlier this week. Isaac Okoro, they're still going to leave him open in the playoff yeah. series. They want to make Isaac. They want Isaac to show them that right. he can make those. And if Isaac makes two or three in a yeah. postseason game, they're going to come out and guard him. That's right. If Evan makes. One or two or three Huge. in a postseason yeah. game, yeah. they're going to come out on them. Last night, actually, Evan Mobley and, and Donovan Mitchell were the only ones that shot well. They actually shot pretty poorly besides those mm-hmm. two guys. But anyway, go ahead, Mike. We're going to do all the Cavs with an uh, addition of no fence riders later. So we'll get yeah. to that. But we got this report we have to get to off the top. Before any of that, it is officially Super Bowl week in FanDuel America's number one sportsbook wants to wish everyone who celebrates a very happy Super Bowl Sunday. If you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has a ton of different ways to help you end the season with not just one W, but two or three or hopefully even more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more, including my favorite prop bet, over 86 and a half seconds on the national anthem. It's never been that short before. The over-under lowest, or I guess shortest, over-under in national anthem length history. Hammer the over on that one. New customers who join FanDuel today get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And today's winning ticket comes from our guy, Akron Dre Day, who continues to pile up the money. He turned $5 into $775 with an alternate spread, five-part parlay, Cat over 25 points, DeRozan over 25 points, Vucevic over 20, Edwards over 35, and Kobe White over 20. All five of those hit. Wow, He turned $5 into $774.65. If you guys have winning FanDuel tickets, make sure you send it to us on Twitter or via email, and we'll continue to feature them throughout the show. And we expect to have a ton of winning Super Bowl tickets come Monday through all of next week. He is bold for three people over 25 points on the same team. I know. And one over 35. Well, not on the same team, but one over over 35. He has somebody over 35? Yeah, Anthony Edwards over 35. By the way, Mike gets a I'm, – I'm in between a B and a B-plus from Mike. He, it was a little slow start to that read. You get a tougher grading scale than Earl because you have a lot Fair. more experience. Fair. Uh, you really picked it up midway. I thought you brought it home strongly with good passion and energy. You were a little low on energy in the beginning of that read, though. I was a little disappointed by that. Duly noted. So there we go. We'll go I'll be B better, I'll be better for the second one. You picked it up. All right. All right, let's get into the stadium stuff because yes. there's this – We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. There's this Twitter handle, Northeast Ohio. Do we have the tweet? Northeast Ohio blog, whatever. Land, I don't know what the hell it's trans. It's NEO Trans blog. Northeast yeah. Ohio Trans I don't know blog. who that is. But they often put stuff out about stadium things involving the Browns. They've been right sometimes. They've been wrong sometimes. 
But the reason we're bringing it up is because other people have information on this as well. Browns owners buying 176 acres in Brook Park. Airport adjacent site is under contract. Jason, speaking of adjacent, Jason is here. Eh, that's a stretch. Close. Uh, Jason, are, are, are you buying that they have bought, that this is true, and that this is specifically where they're going to put the new stadium? Uh, <clears throat> it's... It's true that they are close to an agreement. Yeah. It's not done. I don't I already forgot what the tweet said if it was done or not. But it's not it's not done, but they're close to an agreement yes. that would give them the right to purchase it. So that's true. Um it's a hammer in negotiations, right? Like right. I think the Browns have been frustrated by the city slow playing this. Like they the the, the city has not been as proactive at coming to the negotiating table as the Browns would like. So now they just went out and bought a really big hammer or they're in the process of potentially yeah. buying a really big hammer that you can say, okay, well then we're just going to go over here. Now there's still a lot of loop, loops to close. If you're going to try and build a new stadium on this land, but um, certainly it's about, obviously that's why they're buying it, right? Like that's why they're buying it. Now you could buy that land, sit on it and redevelop it into something else. You know, sure. you could, but obviously this is right next to the practice facility. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's close to the stadium. It's a giant area. The thing that's interesting, I, I've actually been the last few days digging in on the stadium stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of zeroing in on the IX Center. That's where I thought. The other side of the. I was on the wrong side. Yeah. So, the, but the, the interesting part about this land is there are, let's say that this gets done and the stadium's going here. There are. FAA rules about height restrictions that close to the airport mm-hmm. because of runways and everything else. Sure. So depending on where they put this thing, I was told, because when I was looking at the IX center site, <laughs> yeah. I was told they may have to put a significant portion of it underground because you have to keep it low oh, for the runways. Fascinating. So that's just something to keep in mind. Now, maybe this plot of land is so big that they can shove it off somewhere where that, that, where that doesn't apply. Away from right, the stadium. right. If you can, if you can shove it off far enough away from the airport, right. Maybe you don't have. Why to Why do doesn't that. that apply to the Burke Airport? With the, uh, with because, the Brown Stadium. Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe because it's, it's private a, planes and right. runway planes. I don't know. I yeah, don't have I don't the answer know. to that. Okay. But they take would, off the opposite direction too. The runways they take off that way. They land coming towards Brown Stadium. Yeah, but still, you I'm still sure have to fly matters, over it. You still have to fly yeah. over. That's actually a good question. But I was I was told like FAA okay. rules, they're going to have to like well, again when I was looking at the IX Center site. Right. But this still applies to it because it's it's still right. And there the and there's just there's a whole project starting to build a new airport essentially where the airport mm-hmm. is. What what I don't understand is they've just recently redone the airport. Yeah, but it's it needs a lot of. But help. why did they redo it if they're going to build a new one? Well, I don't know. They're not really building a new one. Oh, I, they're doing. I thought no. Were, I mean, I, they're expanding it, I think, or they're renovating it. Yeah. But they're not. It's not like they're building a new airport somewhere. I mean, Hop- not somewhere else. But I mean, like I thought they were redoing the whole. Well, thing. it needs redone because yeah. Hopkins Airport is terrible compared to terrible. In what way? Oh, it just. <laughs> it's easy to get around it's, here. I mean, I can leave my house. Yeah. I left my house 48 minutes before the plane took off. Yeah, sure. And still made the flight. Exactly. That part is that part's great. the best part. You but, never have to wait there. But the inside amenities and stuff, it's not as good as no, some of the not, other airports. Great, so that's what I'm talking All about. All right. But it, so the interesting part, like we know 
billionaires that own these teams should pay for their whole stadiums lock, lock stock, and barrel. They mm-hmm. should. In, in a perfect world, they would. In reality, most of them don't. I believe the Rams guy yes. paid for his Stan old stadium. Stan Cranky. I think he's the only one that has recently. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I'm not sure. Who, Usually there is who city for Vegas. I don't know. I think Vegas... I need to look at the financing on Vegas. I don't remember. Minnesota was half and half. Owners put up half. Yeah. Uh, the rest was publicly funded. Right. Atlanta, Arthur Blank put up, I think, half, okay. close to half. That seems like what usually happens. Now, I think Buffalo's half and half, too. No, There's Buffalo got a ton of public more. money. Oh, even more. more than I don't half think he's half. even paying half. Public, or Buffalo got a ton of public and money. And they are is. putting the dome on there. I don't think they are. Which is stupid. That makes no sense yeah, to me. No, now, <laughs> first of all, Jason, um, so I don't know if you know this answer. I don't know who knows this answer. I don't know if you can even prove this. So, to me, it seems like the first reaction is, oh, my God, if they leave Cleveland, that's terrible for the city. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, well, even though, obviously, the Browns are way more popular than the Guardians or the Cavs, it feels like those teams leaving would be worse because there's a lot more home dates. Yes. Now, obviously, the Browns leaving from a from a business standpoint, yeah, on those eight or nine or ten, if you include the preseason, maybe 11 or 12 potentially, those days, that's bad for businesses downtown. That's not good. There's no – I wonder, though, over oh, in the grand scheme of things, because now the city of Cleveland would not have to give any money for a new stadium if it's in Brook Park where the city's going to be on the hook for, I would assume, at least some of the money. The county still will. The county still will, true, but not the city. So, I don't know. I, does it, is, is there any way this is a, not terrible for Cleveland? Or? I, I don't think it's terrible for Cleveland, but I'm yeah. not, I'm not yeah. going to pretend to be an expert on this stuff. But, when, again, when I was looking at the IAX Center site, the way it was described to me was there is zero economic impact surrounding area. it. Because if it's downtown – at least you have to park your car. You walk right. past restaurants and bars. You're going right. to stop. You're going to get a drink, get something to eat, whatever. If it's out in the suburbs, or in this case by the airport, you're going to drive to the stadium. You're going to park your car. You're going to walk into the stadium. You're going to get back in your car, and you're going to leave. Right. Now, it's also a huge plot of land, and we don't know what they're going to build up around it. And yeah. Jimmy's going to own it all. That's what I, I mean, think about yeah. this. You could do – the Patriot Stadium is in, like, a giant shopping mall. The you could Uber, do something like that. The Uber drop-off for the Patriot Stadium is in front of, like, Brugger's Biggles. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Right. It's weird. I remember yeah. I was going – I went there not for a game. I actually went there for somebody's wedding, and we were staying – just happened to be staying in the hotel where the stadium was. And I was like – this is weird. Yeah. The stadium's in a shopping Foxborough mall. Foxborough is 50 minutes outside of Boston. What's that? It's 50 minutes outside of yeah, Boston. Yeah, right. It's There's not nothing else in Foxborough it's besides actually, the stadium and what they built around it. It's actually closer to fly into, what is it, Rhode Island? New yeah, Hampshire, I'm not sure. right? Rhode Island. We drove, so I don't know. There, there's, a, there's an airport. I can't remember now. Yeah. There's a different airport that's actually closer to Foxborough than right. Boston. Okay. I thought it was Rhode Island, but maybe I'm wrong on that. But either way, I mean, I, I listen, I don't know. I It... it in some way, it does feel kind of sad if the team did move out of Cleveland. But if, if, if it were up to Jimmy Haslam, what do you think he would do? If he had his druthers. Use public funding and stay in Cleveland. Oh. You think he'd rather stay in Cleveland in a I perfect think, world? I think he wants to do this. He wants to own, he wants to buy a big plot of land. Yeah. Build a stadium. Get. He's going to have to put in a significant portion. He'll get public funding for the rest, which is not an easy sell because these things are really expensive. Yeah. And then he can build up the area around it. Shopping, hotels, restaurants, li- yeah. condos, a mixed-use living. Type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And 
print money. I've been saying it for years, except I said 480 and 77. Yeah. I thought they right. should go out to 480 and 77 and do yeah. it. Build out there and print money. Well, he's yeah. going to do it now. If this goes through, he's going to do it now right there. And I will say, I, I can't figure out like where this is in relation to the IX Center, but I still think that there's something... Like, too, I'm looking at it too, trying like where. Director Steve says the IX Center is a little past where you can see on the left. Is so it like, walking distance to this stuff? Steve says no. No. Could you put a footbridge there? And the only reason I'm saying this, or it like looks a tunnel, like it's the airport to me. I don't know where is the airport, but like right behind it, right? But, the, the airport's right across from the yeah. red area, so you're like going through an airport. There's no way you could walk from there if it's over to the left. Okay, because what the reason that Indianapolis is so good with the conventions and everything is because Lucas Oil Stadium is attached to their convention center. So right, right, right. that's why oh, they yeah, can do sure. so many different events. That's why yeah. I was just wondering if there's any way at all to connect this to the IX Center like they do in Indianapolis. Probably. And, I mean, Cleveland has a convention center downtown right. that has taken a lot of the events. I mean, the IX Center was closed for a couple of years. Yeah. But I just wonder if there's a way to refurbish the IX Center and to connect all this, tie all this together because they are so close together. Indianapolis, they're connected. Like you walk right yeah. from the convention center yeah, into Lucas Oil Stadium. It is beautiful. There's right? not a, I did the Big Ten Championship yeah. yes. this year. I yeah. stayed at the hotel, walked right across the street. It's There's great. not a lot over here. Like they would need to build some restaurants and 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 he'll own it all and some and some hotels there. Yeah. You know, you got that hotel at the airport, but there's not. Well, I think they closed that. Oh, is that, that Sheridan? Yeah, I believe that's and like close. the restaurants. It, in, it's being torn down. Yeah, generally right by where the practice facility is. There's like no good restaurants there. There's no, nothing, it's not. not you know, it's kind of crappy over there. But they'll have like they'll have the market on that whole yeah. area. It's interesting. I hope it doesn't hurt Cleveland. I, just, I, I wonder what they yeah. do with the old stadium. If this does go through, what happens? Well, to couldn't those you re- couldn't that land be turned into condos or restaurants? Well, I would imagine I mean, that's probably what they would do. You could do that. Knock it yeah. down and make it home. And the other part on all this is, and I don't think that these projects are connected. They're not. One is not reliant on the other, but the city of Cleveland has this push to bring women's soccer into the city. And in order to do that, they need a place to play. And they're not putting a women's soccer team that's going to draw two or 3,000 people probably at the start yeah. into a 70,000-seat stadium. No. So the, the idea is if Cleveland could get a 10,000-seat outdoor structure facility – it would be perfect for you could do women's soccer. You could possibly bring a men's soccer team. Like the women's soccer team would be like the anchor tenant. Yeah. But you could bring uh, state championship high school football playoffs to that. You that's could true. bring St. Ignatius could play its home games there. Are you saying you could bring the Paralympics the there? Old stadium? No, I'm saying, saying the with the, with the new. If they can build this new ten thousand seat. Oh, you're saying facility? If, if they stay downtown. Well, instead, I, no, no, no. I'm oh. saying. In addition to? Yeah, I'm saying these are like parallel tracks. You've got the oh. Brown Stadium track, oh. and you've got this other facility track. Yeah. If you're so, going to bring a women's soccer team here, you got to have them play somewhere. Sure. And they're not going to put them in a 70,000-seat no. arena. Right. So there's just this So thought. you're saying that if the Browns do take the airport thing, the old stadium would get knocked down well, and rebuilt to 10,000? It could be. Oh, okay. I see. It could be. Yeah. I, it's a it's a possibility. Like, it, right there is a I mean, they got to do something with it. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. let it just sit But there. somewhere they have to put this 10,000-seat if they're going to bring women's soccer here, and I was told you could build this thing for sixty million to hundred million somewhere in there, it's not the two billion dollar price tag that right. comes with the new football stadium, 
And you could, and David Gilbert does such a phenomenal job here in town with events and everything else. He could fill that thing all summer long. Concerts, comedians, uh, St. Ignatius home football games. Would they put a dome on it when they rebuild it? That, no. Now, now we're talking about. <laughs> hey, well, okay. Can, can I cut you off for one sec? Yeah. We have uh, a statement on this from the Browns. So I want to read this. This is from Peter John Baptiste, Jason's best friend. We've been clear on how complex future stadium planning can be. One certainty is our commitment to greatly improving our fan experience while also creating a transformative and lasting impact to benefit all of Northeast Ohio. We understand the magnitude of the opportunity with the stadium project, intent on driving more large-scale events to our region, and we are methodically looking at every possibility. We appreciate the collaborative process with the city of Cleveland and the leadership of Mayor Bibb in analyzing the land bridge and renovating the current stadium. At the same time, as part of our comprehensive planning efforts, we are also studying other potential stadium options in Northeast Ohio at various additional sites. There is still plenty of work to do and diligence to process before a long-term stadium solution is determined, and we'll share further updates at the appropriate time. Listen, okay, so that doesn't really, doesn't, certainly doesn't rule out Very anything well said, McNuggets. You know, a couple of things. Um, in a, in a, yes, it'd be great for the Browns to have a new stadium. Yes, I don't want taxpayers to have to pay for it. It is what it is. I do think most fans would like a new stadium. Yeah. Brown Stadium is crappy. Yes. It's a crappy stadium. It was rushed. Yeah. It's the, the, I mean, this isn't important to most fans. Yeah. But it's very important to corporate suite holders and ticket. Yeah. You can't see, the sight lines are terrible. Yeah. From some of the most expensive suites, you can't even see the scoreboard. You can't see punts, that sort of thing. Right. You know who else is like that? Ohio Stadium. Oh, that thing's a relic. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not changing that. But here's the thing: they have Jason. obstructed view all over the place. There's going to be there is going to be a new Brown Stadium at some point here. I believe so. Two two questions I have for you. Yeah. One: Will there be a roof? Two: If you had to guess what year that there is the Browns playing a new stadium, wherever it may be, if you had your best guess in a year, when's the lease up? Twenty eight. If the lease is up in twenty eight, it'll be twenty nine. If okay. the lease is up in the year after the lease the year, is up. year after the lease is up. And, yes, I believe it will have a roof. Okay. I've come around on that, by the way, because I oh, didn't think it would. anti-roof? I wasn't anti-roof. I didn't yeah. I didn't think it was going to be. But now you're convinced that it would will. Be, that would defeat the – well, first of all, with the quarterback that they have, they, they get in the roof. Is he going to be here in 2029? Yeah, I think so. You think so? I do. Well, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I, I mean, don't. even if he don't, the person that they replaced him would be like, "Thank you." Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, for all the small percentage of fans, oh, you got to be tough, or you got to be in the cold. Do you really want to sit there freezing it's your ass miserable. off in a game? I, it's miserable. I, listen, I, yeah. I got This is funny that you bring this up because yeah. I said that. I said, "Listen, as a player, yeah." I hated it. Yeah. Right? I hated it. Of course. It. Like, I don't know why people There probably are like, some players that like it, but most No, everybody hates it. Okay. I don't know. You got to go out there All and right. put this 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 uh, persona on like it's fine and you don't care. But, yeah, it, you hate playing in that because it affects the way that you play. It affects your mind. It's, it's a lot. And everybody's, oh, be tough-minded. No. Yeah. You want a good show. People come pay their money to come watch you have a great game. Yeah. I don't want to see you slipping and sliding all over no. the place. No, that's not the – so put the roof on it. Yeah. It helps with TV sales. It helps with fans, older, younger fans. Everybody continue to come throughout the season because they know that they don't have to freeze. That's it, right. It works for everybody. And you could have – Make sure you use natural grass. Though. And you could have more events. 
Natural you grass. Know, concerts and stuff like natural that. Natural grass is all I get. Should be natural grass. Natural grass. Agreed. That's it. But, I mean, if you could get a retractable roof, brand new stadium with all these fancy schmancy amenities that all these new stadiums have. You got to pay that, for it. That would be great. You got to figure out a way to pay for it. Yeah. Well, Jimmy's got plenty of money. It'll be, he'll have to he put up half a minimum of it. 50%. It'll be, it would be at least $2 billion. <laughs> How much is this stocking out of with the bucks? Uh, he, that that price never came out. I, I can't. I think we reported around like four hundred million, and I was told that wasn't accurate. But I never did see what the accurate what? number was. But what remember, he just sold Pilot yeah, to Warren right. Buffett, so he's got. Is the, that finished now? I thought there was I believe, some. I think it's I thought done. They were fighting over the evaluation. Yeah. No, they, I think it's done. It's, okay. There's no. It's settled. not a coincidence that all of a sudden he sells and yeah. boop, they got a new. How much uh, do we know? How much he sold that for? No, two billion. That, that was a private company. A private was private. Are you wasn't serious? It? Or are you just joking? <laughs> I'm just joking. Two, how much you need for the stadium? Yeah, two billion. I think, <laughs> I think pilot was private. I think, but I don't. I'm not. I mean, Jimmy should pay know. the whole thing. He won't. The, the state but, will be on the. But whole, there but, are different revenue streams yeah. you can look at. You can yeah. look at gambling, which I've been a proponent of for yeah. since they passed it. I I can't. I don't want to misspeak the numbers, but when they first legalized gambling, Ohio was going to rank like. Just below, I think Vegas they and the amount came, of money. Yeah, they just came out with that. They was yeah, third, the numbers right? have been ridiculous. Seven yeah. billion dollars, what yeah. Jay Crawford said this week. Yeah. Seven so, billion. So and and, and like, they just passed that marijuana. That's next. Bam. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Those two together. Gambling that's and it. marijuana and marijuana. <laughs> it's still sort of the wild, wild west, and sort of the taxes around it. So they haven't figured out like gambling. They, the money goes to they like gambling addiction classes and education. I'm not advocating to take money away from that. I'm saying you put it something on the ballot, pass for an extra tax, and they'll probably be passed on to the people, the gamblers, but you tax the companies and that's another added revenue stream. Right. That's what Minnesota did. Minnesota, the state, gambling is not legal in Minnesota, yet Minnesota did these like pull tab tickets. Right. And they made so much money off those pull tab tickets that they were in position to pay off their loans or to pay off the, the public portion of it right. years ahead of schedule. Yeah. So if you can look at gambling, if you can look at marijuana, I think that there's avenues there that you can generate enough. Can we get the hookers involved? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and again, if that's the case, we had money, go, we had money by the end of the year. <laughs> All right, Mikey, on that note, what do you got? So I got a poll result and then one final question before we move on. What do you think? We made the poll. Do you want the Browns to stay downtown or move elsewhere? Oh, they want to stay. What do you think the split is on 512 votes? 70-30, stay downtown. I agree. Somewhere around there. I have no idea. I'll say 60-40 to be different. Before I tell you the answer, downtown or move elsewhere, Bull, in a perfect world? Uh... I can't answer that with no, without knowing how it would... I feel like even though there are some positives from a tax standpoint, I feel like it's a negative for the city, I think. To so have going, it or to lose it? it it's a negative for the, to lose it, so I'm going to say keep it downtown. Jason, in a perfect world, would you rather have it stay downtown or move? Move. Tyvis? In a perfect world, I've rebuild the stadium downtown, put a dome on it. So the poll results with 513 votes. Jason Lloyd nailed it to a T. 60-40, stay downtown, yeah. 40%, move out somewhere else. So we'll see. We'll continue to follow this. Any new updates, we'll continue to 
update Brooke, you guys. But Brooke as of Park now, Browns. Brooke Park Browns. <laughs> PPP. Yeah. It's kind of catchy. Yeah. All right, guys, before we move on to our next topic, tonight, 5 o'clock, the debut of the Ultimate 216 Show with our guy, Earl the Pearl. We were going over some potential topics the other day. He won't tell me exactly what's on the docket today, which means you know it's about to be spicy because if it was something controversial or something that would not elicit a reaction, he would have told me before, so he'd be fine. But, no, it's going to be fire tonight, 5 o'clock, the Ultimate 216 Show. Make sure you all tune in to Earl the Pearl. It's the debut the first ever 216 show, so make sure you guys show Earl some love. That's yesterday. Cool. By the way, I, I go to text Earl yesterday. I go on my phone, and I'm looking, at, you know, because my phone's in alphabetical order of first name. And I'm looking, I'm like, why is, I know I have Earl saved in my phone. Why am I not seeing him under Earl? And then I realized that he had changed his name. Like, there's this thing now with iPhones you where name. you change your name and it automatically changes in the other in your contacts. No, you got to accept it. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, but I, so I probably did. Just hit up whatever. Yeah, just hit update. And I didn't realize, but Earl's nickname is Pearl, of course. So yeah. now he's listed under my phone as Pearl. Really? Yeah. I think he's in my phone that way. I, I didn't realize he that. He ain't in my phone that way. Because usually when I, you know, usually we just text in the text group. But I was texting Earl individually for the first time in a while. Yeah, no, so, mine's though. It just says Earl. Oh, it says Earl. Well. Earl, Earl the Pearl, EDP, yeah. whatever you want. Check yeah. him out, 5 o'clock on the Ultimate 216 anyway. show. Yesterday, we'll, we'll the Browns watching. hired Andy Dickerson as their new offensive line coach. He was their first candidate for the offensive coordinator position. Yep. And, Bull, I think you were the one. It was either you or Jason. One of you two alluded to the fact that, well, hey, Brian Callahan may get a head coaching job. That means Bill may leave. Maybe this was a preview for the OL position if it opens up you turn out to be spot on what do you make of the hire it's impossible to replace a legend like Callahan but what is I mean, he what thought. was he he was the Seahawks offensive line coach okay so I know they were I don't really I don't think they were you know whatever listen I I hope he does a good job um he has only been a, a head position coach for two years he played O-line where Tufts Tufts D3. College Boston. D3. He's a D3 guy. Those, respect, those respect usually be that. the best ones, too. That's the crazy part. Yeah. They usually grow up to be great coaches. I, I like his hair. He's got good hair. I, I mean, like that. that. When you look at his resume, I mean, you think about he the Rams, obviously, he worked with Sean McVay. What was he there, Mike? Like the assistant offensive line coach? When he was with the Rams? Yeah. He was their running game coordinator for a sec. I'll, I'll pull up the exact. Okay. Oh, that's great. They, He's been coaching they, a while. They need that. Listen, nobody's going to be as good as Bill Callahan. He was the assistant offensive line coach in St. Louis and also had some some hand in the run game. He was also right. the Seahawks run game coordinator. One stat for you guys. Uh, this is the one thing I was able to find. Shout out to uh, Mac the Buffalo on Twitter for this one. But the Seahawks had nine different offensive linemen last season play at least 200 snaps. So another injured offensive line just like the Browns. They allowed the 10th fewest sacks in the NFL. So we had a lot of guys who were not yeah. necessarily stars come in and be relatively productive. And how so. much that's because of him or not, who the hell knows? Well, I, Seems like a perfectly acceptable choice. I, yeah. I mean, listen, he was under Sean McVay, who's a great offensive mind. He's, yeah. He studied the game. He knows the, the run game. You need an offensive line coach. It's not like there's off, any offensive line coaches out there that's like, oh, we got to have him. Right, right, like, right. He's no, a game sure. changer. So. You know, when it comes to that, he got big shoes to fill. It's going to be tough to do, but I like the fact that he has 
uh, uh, offensive mind. I think that's ultimately goes back to the Kevin Stefanski. You got Tommy Reese, you got Ken Dorsey, you got Kevin Stefanski, and you got this guy. You got four good offensive minds or a guy who's worked under a really good offensive-minded coach in Sean McVay. He could bring some of that run game tendencies in there and help you know, Nick Chubb and the rest of that committee get back to where they're supposed to be. So I think it's a respectable hire, and I think it's the best you was going to be able to do in the, in this situation now that coach has been hired. Who is uh, who's the lighter-skinned guy from Kid and Play? Does anybody remember? Kid? From what? Kid and Play. You don't know Kid and Play? Yeah, kid. No, I just didn't hear you. Kid and Play. Is, uh, is I don't Kid know the lighter-skinned guy? Yeah, Kid. Andy Dickerson looks like if Seth Rogen and Kid from Kid and Play had a kid. Oh if Kid from Kid and Play and, and Seth Rogen had a kid, it would be Andy Dickerson. There you go. Kind of looks like Bob Ross if Bob Ross ate another version of Or maybe of Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. He's got a little yeah, Bob Ross hair going. the Bob Ross hair. What do you think, Jason? <laughs> You're demented. That's what That's I think. True. That's um, it's funny because it is true. Like, it does look like that. Is, I was just trying to look it up real quick. Is Chad O'Shea the only position coach returning? Yeah. The receiver? I mean, Callie's on staff, too. Yeah, well, she's the assistant. If, I was just going to say, that's the big takeaway. First of all, he's the first coach they've hired now that doesn't have NFL experience in terms of playing. The first of all the coaches they've hired here. But if you look at, they got, they also hired, um, I don't know his name, but the Eagles. His name is, and I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, it's Roy Ivastin. He was the Eagles' assistant offensive line coach. He's going to be this guy's assistant offensive line coach. So if you look at the position, the offensive coordinator, the position coaches, and even the assistant pitch, uh, assistant position coaches, I believe that Chad O'Shea and Kelly Brownson, who are the wide receiver and assistant wide receiver coach, are the only returners, I believe, on offense. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Maybe that was the – was there an assistant line running back coach? coach? I don't go know. go through it real quick. Offensive line coach gone. Tight ends coach T.C. McCartney gone. He's Offensive the, coordinator gone. Running backs coach gone. Receivers yeah, coach is still it. there. Right. <laughs> yeah, so he is. Yeah, he's the only Right, but even the assistants, like, because the – they you know, the, the guy who was Bill Callahan's assistant went to New England. Scott Peters. Uh, so anyway. that is an overhaul. That is a massive overhaul. That didn't seem necessary. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I'll Nobody totally did. I didn't see that coming. Nobody did. I no, mean, that went given yeah. what you had and then the season that you had and made. Like, why would you think? Yeah. What did they finish offensively ranked? Like total. Steve, offense. pull up eight. That's a, I, uh, I mean, it just depends on what metric you look at. These are the basic. Yeah. I mean, some the of basic these stats. They were so... tenth in points, nineteenth in passing yards, twelfth in rushing yards. They led the league in turnovers. So. I mean, I the mean, turnovers are terrible. To, to those other what numbers, you, I mean, I don't know if you can go. I don't think those are the best statistics to I determine mean, how good given, you are. Given what you had, I mean, the turnover thing, that's not. I yeah, mean, but, know, like, they seem, they were kind of middle of the road offensively considering the injuries. I, I Have they ever good, been, but, like, really explosive like that offensively? What do you mean? Like, they were this at the period. end of the year? Like, at, since, oh, the year with Derek Anderson. No, no, were, no. no. <laughs> No, I'm talking since Kevin's the oh, best. Since Kevin, the coach. I mean, have we been like a top ten, top five? Offense? I don't think. No, 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 no. But so that's probably the back. Why. The back half of the 2020 season with Baker, the offense was really good. That second half of the year, maybe more like almost. You know, yeah, it was half. Really, the second half, including the playoffs. So maybe that offense was really maybe good. that if their con- a lot of contracts was expiring this year, right? Yeah. Coaches. So yeah. they probably like it ran its course. We didn't. Yeah. See I mean, listen, so. it is what it is, and obviously, the offensive line changes had nothing to do with the organization. Right. Correct, yeah. you know? Yes. But, but uh, yeah, it's interesting, and 
What's funny is the only coach that's not gone is Chad O'Shea. Is Chad O'Shea. And you could argue that's been the most disappointing position on offense. Yeah. Well, the crazy part is, is that uh, what's the DB's coach? Jackson is his name. I have I no think. idea. He was about to get. He got looked at for a D coordinator job or something like that, which is crazy because yeah. I feel like I don't feel like he's been here that long. Your your defensive backs coach, your linebacker coach, your and and your uh, wide receiver coach are the only three returning position coaches well, on they, this team. Well, they couldn't afford to lose a DB coach. I think he's doing a really good job. Yeah. So anyway, I, again, I mean, we we don't know enough about Dickerson. Who knows? But he seems like a person, a, per, a perfectly reasonable eye. Well, let's let's call yeah. a spade a spade. We yeah. won't know Andy Dickerson until we see them play. If That's that right. offensive line gets completely destroyed, yeah. then we know he's not great and we'll criticize him. I, yeah, like, right. like, it's like this situation for him, for Andy Dickerson, is kind of not fair. It's like Jed Wills filling in for Joe Thomas. It's like Bill Callahan was like right. here, and now you got to try to replace him, and we expect you to have them there, and it's – I don't know if it's realistic. To yeah, so, it, right. If any of the veterans struggle, we're going to blame him, which yes. is probably unfair. Yeah. Meanwhile, if Jed will, I mean, his one thing is if he can get Jed Wills to play better, <laughs> then he'll get a win for that because Jed Wills. Well, Jed Wills not was playing, playing decent ball before he went he, out. He's playing better. Yes. But like, if he can now, become wait, what you call it? Average. <laughs> he's playing <laughs> average by the end of the year. Then I then I had to break up with him after the second week. Because... Wait, I, I got a question real quick. I, I yeah. guess I had thought of this, but I didn't really think about this. Jack Conklin is expected to be a full recovery participant on the roster next year, correct? Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. have three starting tackles. Yes. What the heck are you going to do? What are you talking about? We well, talked about this. I said they're going to make Dewan Jones become a left tackle, and then they're going to end up making Jed Wills be a swing guy. Do we, do we think there's any chance they could trade Jack Conklin? Probably not, no. right? Not with that contract. No. <laughs> they're getting like $20 Would million, they have to eat some of the money? Like, could you trade him and eat some of the money? It's the, that's that's a baseball why wouldn't you thing, trade but. Jed Wills? You'd probably get more for him. Yeah, I think you want yeah, more. Yeah, you'd good rather get rid of Conklin's contract. I, but the, the dead money on it, I haven't looked, but I would yeah. imagine it would be. Oh, it was like it was like 16 or 18 million. I got to tell you, I mean, I, overall, I think with extensions, Andrew Berry's done a good job, but that one, even at, at the time, at the time, we, I mean, we were talking like he was going to retire. Right. And we then say they gave that. Him three years. He's going to come back next year and have an all. Yeah, I mean, listen, we didn't. I know I didn't love the the Joku contract at the time, and obviously now. It looks good, yeah. But I didn't hate it like this one. I mean, the dead money's we, crazy too, Jason. I told you, is it? It's like eighteen or twenty million. Uh, this year, his dead money's twenty-seven and a half. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. say if they cut him, there'd be twenty-seven million in dead money. So they can't his, cut him. His cap hit to keep him is twelve million. To cut him is twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah. So what about if they cut him after the twenty-four season? Fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half dead. Dead. And how much to, from the play? Nineteen. Check the post June one. Yeah, uh, oh, post June, yeah, dead money and cap savings, yeah. Post, okay. post June was, 1 for 25. What was, what was 10 million injury this year? Me. They'll save, ACL? they would lose $15 million if they MCL. cut them before the start of next season. I don't remember. They'd save $5 million if they cut them after the season before 2025. They'd save $10 million if they yeah, cut them Yeah, I mean, they'll cut them at some point next year if he, you know, I'm sorry, before the 25 season. Probably and eat some money, but they can't eat that's twenty-seven the, million. If that's the case, then they if they cutting him next year, then that means that they paying Jed Wills. Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna pay Jed Wills. Is to play left or right? It's a good question. Well, Jed was a right in college. They moved him to left. Dewan was right in college. Yeah. So you want and you want to move Dewan to left? 
And put Jed back at right? And put Jed back at right. I mean, if everybody's can, healthy. Because si- from a size-wise. Oh, he's ideal. Exactly. But, but it's hard. I'm not, it's hard as heck I'm not to moving, switch. I'm not moving Jones to left Turn, tackle. Okay. I'm with you. I, I'm not doing I think that. I would leave well enough alone yeah, with I, where he is. What do you, what's your best guess? To what? Let's say they're all healthy and nobody gets traded. Who's going to play? Who's not playing of the three? <laughs> G- uh, I mean, it's tough. Well, two, it would be between Jack and, J- and, and Dewan if you're not If neither one of them can play left, you can't. Yeah. Tell them to Jed's go play. Jed's playing left tackle. That's what I'm saying. Jed's yeah. playing left. Now you I mean, so does that mean DeWan Jones is on the bench? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I think so. I think it is. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, it would only be one year, probably, because you probably, based on the numbers you gave, I think they'd be able to cut after June 1st, Conklin, in the 25 but season, they, and you'd but they a, did. take to, a hit. To but. be fair, you get a good offensive lineman, you gotta, you want to secure that. They didn't know they was going to land DeJuan Jones at the fourth yeah, round. He was going to be it's good. It's not about DeJuan Jones' time. It's about that he's been hurt so much. But, <laughs> but he's been so good when he's playing. But, so, uh, I mean, Jack's probably going to get hurt again. Probably. So, so y'all got to cut that up. out. Y'all got to cut that out. Well, I'm serious. Like, when probably, you look at, you're probably right. When you look at the injury, I'm not wishing it on him. He's a yeah. great guy. But I'm just saying, like, with that injury history, you have to be aware of that. But I would, would kind of worry – do you know DeJuan at all? A little bit. I just wonder about like, hey, you, you played great last year. We love you. We believe in you. Now go sit on the bench. What's that going to do to him? Tough. What's that going to do to him? That's got to well, be see, tough. When, I'll tell when, you the, what, when the flag on him coming in was maturity. That's issues. what I was about to say. The thing about DeJuan at Ohio State, when I go back and talk to them, is it's never been on the field with him. He's great on the field. It's the off-the-field stuff with him and it's maturity and taking care of your body and stuff like that. He struggled with doing that. So that's why I was like, him coming here was great being under Bill because Bill's going to whip somebody into shape. And now that he's gone and you might put him back on the bench – I wonder it, if they. I, it's hard to think that it's. It, you'd be foolish not to think that this guy can get disinterested and go back to four hundred yeah. pounds because he's like. I, I mean, ain't is playing it, is it crazy to think? I know this is very uncommon on offensive line. Is it crazy to think to keep them both healthy that you rotate them a little bit? I mean, they I did mean, that if you last rot- year. if you rotate them, you'll keep them healthy. Yeah, you're more likely. They did it with with. Um, James uh, Hudson. Thank you. Yeah, Hudson, Hudson and DeJuan right. run pass plays. Which I did. It was something I never seen. I've been playing football right. since it's, nine years old. I've never seen right. rotate and tackle. It's yeah. so f- <laughs> weird, though, because like defensive linemen change all the time. That's different. Why can't you? But why? The energy. Uh, you answer. You know. <laughs> Guys, it's just, it's a rhythm thing. And, you know, and it's chemistry thing. Like right. No, I get and the that's chemistry part. really yeah. a big part of it. When you get that, you and that guard is yeah. on the same page. You see why when somebody go down, they struggle right off the bat. Like, for example, when Jack Conklin went down, uh, Wyatt Teller's production went down because he had to spend a whole game trying to make sure DeWan was good. So it's a chemistry thing. And then a tackle, it's just a feel. It's the same reason why it's hard to go from right to left. Like, you're so used to that technique that you're trying to switch it up, and it's just not the same feeling. It takes a while to get it. And plus, on the defensive side, I – I don't want this to sound like offensive linemen don't exert energy because, of course, they do. Hmm. But when you're attacking, when you're rushing from the sure. defensive side, you it's going to take more out of you relentless. than if you're on the offense. Is that right. fair? Yeah. No, so that these guys a, get exhausted. Yeah. So you got to ro- you got to rotate well, them through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially because they pass so much. And pass blocking is really more passive, especially. More protective. Yeah. Run blocking is uh, more aggressive. I, I, it's just crazy to think the Juan Jones could be on the bench. But, yeah, I mean, it probably may uh, – 
it, uh, you ain't gonna pay. And he might what's be his, the best player of the three. What's his dead money, money here? You ain't gonna pay him twenty seven no, million to sit on the that. bench. Right. It is. I just hadn't thought of it in that light, but yeah, yeah. There, there's a real Go ahead, chance. Mike. We're gonna make our next part of our ultimate same game parlay. Oh, yeah. If you're watching, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It's totally free. Help us out a ton on the back end. We very much appreciate it. The three legs of our ultimate same game parlay so far are under. 245 and a half passing yards for Brock Purdy, over 67 and a half rushing yards for Isaac Pacheco, over 72 and a half receiving yards for Travis Kelsey, and today's part of the parlay, anytime touchdown scores. I took the super long shots off the board because I didn't think we'd ever come to a consensus on a Noah Gray 23 to 1 odds. So these are the five or six because there was two guys with the same odds. Mm. Best or shortest odds to score an anytime touchdown. We'll do this quickly, about five minutes. But now, guys, Kelsey these- and McCaffrey are going to be near the top. But like, even though McCaffrey's a, a, the question is, do you go at McCaffrey, which is a near lock? But it's 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 minus two thirty. Why seems- is Pacheco not a lock? Not on there. Pacheco Kelsey's was- the lock to me. Yeah. Kelsey's a lock. Kelsey's a bigger lock than McCaffrey. Man, Pacheco's scoring. I'm now, if you think right Kelsey's now. a bigger lock than McCaffrey, what is then Pacheco? That... He's not even on the list. That's what I'm saying. He's a, Pacheco. He's, I'll look it up. I, I may have left him uh, left one off because so, we already used, oh, we already used Pacheco. I didn't want to re up on Pacheco. Well, we already but used Kelsey, Kelsey was different, but Kelsey we already was used Kelsey too. Yeah, but Kelsey's different because he's the most bet on player in the entire. Nah, that's a bad job game. out of you. So this is any time. Well, McCaffrey. Anytime touchdown. It, listen, right, but if we want this to pay off as much as possible, we could go with someone that's a little bit of a long. True. I think, I think we should go with someone besides McCaffrey. No, I'll but be, I it's, agree. But it's three things that's guaranteed in life: death taxes and CMC scoring a touchdown. That that's why it's net minus two thirty. Y'all could blow this parlay if y'all we want could. to. I ain't, I'm a guarantee guy. I'd say I would say Kelsey. I think it's if if Mahomes is if you think Mahomes gonna have a touchdown pass, it's going to. It's going to Travis. Pacheco and, minus one thirty, by the way. And minus one thirty. Wow. We could we could technically include if you guys want to include Pacheco, I only had five spots. If you want to include Pacheco at minus I mean if you're gonna take Pacheco at minus one thirty, then you might as well take Kelsey at plus one hundred. <laughs> so the yeah. Kel- so yeah. the Kelsey thing is interesting because Hufanga is out, the all pro from last year. And their safety is Tashawn Gibson. Shout out to Tashawn Gibson. Real solid Former dude. Brown. Real solid we dude. We used to Play, call him the Shark. Played with him for a week in Houston. Real solid guy. And who is the other safety? I don't even know who it is. No idea. You're supposed to be Kelsey plus 100. <laughs> with that uh, being said. I mean, the other ones are all Kelsey plus 100. much more risky. I, I do kind of like Brandon Ayuk. I'm high on Brandon Ayuk. I like, I like him too. Ayuk at plus 155. No, no, no. Nuh-uh, because Sneed going to be on him. and He, he, he won't be on Debo? No, Debo plays slides. Sneed is... That'll uh, be McDuffie then. Yeah. All right. I like... I still like Sneed, Ayuk, but Sneed I like is a lockdown guy, so I, I, I'm going... All right, well, Kelsey's the safest bet. At least it's no, 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 no. Money. McCaffrey's the safest. Well, yeah, belt, but y'all that's don't so, listen. Y'all, the odds are so short that I, I think it's a waste to go with that. You guys want to go with Kelsey? What do you think? And we, since, you are, you're since voting I, for McCaffrey. Since I'm can't, since we just can't put McCaffrey to guarantee, I will pick Kelsey. I, I think Kelsey's a bigger guarantee than McCaffrey. All right, let's go with Kelsey, Mike. So we'll add Kelsey and make that the fourth leg of our parlay, which means Purdy under two forty-five and a half, Pacheco over. 67 and I'm, a half. I'm, that's the one that's going to – I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one either. I, 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 that I, deferred, I deferred to the class. The I, I said that yesterday Pacheco. that I didn't love – Oh, like I the told one. them Debo under, but they we, we all agreed to just go with, with Pacheco, which mm. I Pacheco's had – the worst he's had in a game in the playoffs is 68, 68. yards. 
So, and I, I understand that everybody thinks San Francisco's run defense is good, but they have been vulnerable for some odd reason to outside zone. I don't know what that's about. And I defer to you on that. And You're the expert. Not on that good stuff. at outside. Well, we're zone. gonna go with Kelsey on this one. We'll go with Kelsey. We'll lock it in. That means we have over Kelsey on the receiving yards and a touchdown, and we will finish this off tomorrow. We're gonna talk baseball for a few minutes. What's before. tomorrow, by the way? What? Uh, it's going to be special prop bets. Special prop bets. So gotcha. we'll pick a, a, a random prop bet to wrap okay. this all up. Tonight, 5 o'clock, we mentioned it earlier. Let's mention it again, though. The Ultimate 216 Show launches Earl the Pearl, 5 p.m. You can go back and check out the Ultimate Brown Show at G on Monday. Jason and I did an Ultimate Cap Show on Tuesday. Tonight, the Ultimate 216 Show, culture, sports, a little bit of life advice with our guy, Earl the Pearl. Jake Trotter will join us in 10 minutes to talk Browns. We'll do Cavs, no fence riders after that. But, guys... We haven't talked Guardians in a while, and Major League Baseball is releasing its top 100 players of the upcoming season. And our guy Josh Naylor came in at number 96, which... Yeah, you were all up in arms about yeah, this. I, I didn't had think, an issue with I this. didn't think it was that egregious, did you? I didn't think it was that egregious. You guys didn't think it was that he egregious? He had a really good season. Yeah, but one. What's that? He said one. You don't base it just on one season. Ellie De La Cruz is on there after playing half a season. They got well, the dude. Only they got the dude season. from the Dodgers who is just coming over from Japan at number fifty-eight. De La Cruz is one no, of the biggest Otani, prospects in the, the game. Guy. That's the point. It's based on the past and the projection of what you think the guys are going forward. And you don't think Josh Naylor is better than ninety-six? What's that? You don't think Josh Naylor is better? I than I mean, 96? he might be. I haven't seen the rest of the list. I can't read the guys. Ahead of him. The guys I mean, ahead of him on this 90 through 91 is Nathan Avaldi, <coughs> 92 Dylan Cease, 93 Cal Raleigh, 94 Gabriel Moreno, 95 Royce Lewis, 96 Josh Naylor, 97 Tristan Cassis, 98 Nathaniel Lowe, 99 Mac McLean, and number 100 Ellie De La Cruz. So there's a ton of guys there that Ellie are or were top prospects. Right. Royce Lewis was the number one pick. He's had a ton of injuries, but he's got a really high ceiling. Right. Raleigh's a power hitting catcher. Yeah, he's not that good though. I, I don't love. I mean, I probably I think he's a better player than Raleigh. Yeah, but probably. he's a catcher, so you get a little boost. And and Naylor only hit what? How many home runs did he hit last year? Seventeen. He's not Is a that massive it? power guy. No, I thought he hit. No, I mean he, he had hundred RBIs. Listen, the bottom. Right listen, there, Naylor had a heck of a year. He did, but he's, he has average power at best yes. and no speed. So yes. guy, like he's not, and he can't play defense. And he scored fifty-two runs, which is not necessarily his fault. But that's not a great number either. Josh Naylor is a good player who had a good season. Are there guys ahead of him that I probably like him more than them? Sure. But I bet if I looked at their list from 100 to 120, like if you asked me who would I rather have this year, Josh Naylor or Ellie De La Cruz? Yeah, Ellie give me Ellie De La Cruz. Because he's got way more upside than Josh Naylor. Now, he might not have a better year, but he's got way more upside. So. Could Josh have been as high as the seventies or the eighties? Sure, probably. Can you pull that yeah. back up? That's a good. That's a good point, Bull. Let's see. Who would you rather have yeah. on that list? Matt McClain. I also have or... the seventies, sixties, and eighties too. If you want to see those afterwards. Well, I mean, some of those guys in the early, like I do like Naylor right now. I take him over Cal Raleigh. I would too. Um, I mean, Nate Avaldi. It's hard to compare a pitcher to yeah, a hitter. It's hard. I would lean pitcher probably. Yeah. I would take Evaldi and Cease over Naylor. Right. Cease had a bad year, yeah, but he's I'd been still good yeah. for the most part. Gabby Moreno. Gabby Moreno's another guy who had a big he had a good rookie year. Right. Like you take Gabby Moreno right. over Josh Naylor. Royce Plus Lewis for sure. Yeah. Casas is a better first baseman than Although Naylor. Casas is behind him. Yeah. Casas should be ahead of Naylor. Yeah, like I'm surprised Nathaniel Lowe's not. He should be ahead of him. Yeah. Although Lowe's a very similar 
Type high, of high average, mid power. Yeah, he's got a little more power than Naylor. I'm a, how many home runs did Lowe have I last year? I thought he had more than 20, didn't well, he? Naylor, Naylor missed a chunk of the season. He was on pace for you know, 20. Yeah, listen, he had a good year. He's a good player. And he's also only done – he was never a top, top elite prospect. Right. And, think and of, he's had one good year. And oh. think about this. You have – in the on major league rosters during the season, you have what, uh, 700, 800 players roughly? All right, what's 30 times 20, 30 times 26, Mike? Give me a little math here. 600, 780. Okay, 708. 780. 780 players. Confirmed. So if we say he's 96 or whatever he was, I mean, is that an insult? That's the top, what, 12%, top 13%? Here's 90 to 81. Anthony, Anthony won't have to go grab Jake, so I'm just going to read these names. Yeah, yeah. 90s, Jordan Montgomery. Oh, I'm taking Montgomery. 89, Matt Chapman. Oh, Matt Chapman's better. 88. Hassung Kim of the Padres. 87, Nolan yeah. Jones. Yes. Wow. Oh, Jones should probably be higher than that. But, again, he only did it once. He only did it once, but, man, the Guardians blew I it on know. him. 86, blew it on Anthony him. Santander. <laughs> Anthony Santander's better. Santander. 85, J.D. Martinez, who might be 58 years old at this point. J.D. Yeah, he's still, still he's unsigned. Still, yeah, he's good. 84, Seiya Suzuki, did I pronounce it right? Yes, yeah, Seiya. Say you, say me. 83, Seiya Marcella Zuna. 82, Wilson Contreras. 81, William Contreras. They got William Contreras ahead of Wilson Contreras? William of the Brewers ahead of Wilson of the Brewers. Just MLB.com. This is MLB. I Network. mean, I, all those guys 80 to 90 are better than Josh Naylor. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Wilson Contreras didn't have a great season last year, but yeah. he's been a much better player overall. I, I mean, before last year, Naylor would be nowhere near that top 100. No, list. not even close. So he, he would had, be the top 200. He had year. one good year, and he cracked the top 100. Right. Right. McNuggets, where is World Series champion Austin Hedges? Uh, uh, 700. Well, they, they've only released the top 50 so far, so I'm assuming he's in the next 50. Okay. Yeah, he'd He'll be, be in the, the top wor- 50, He's the yeah. worst player in baseball. If we said 780, uh, do you guys want real quick? Yeah, right. Bull, do you want 70 to 80 real quick? And then Go ahead, 70 to 80. Let's have fun. 80 is Edwin Diaz of the Mets, <laughs> 79. He Max, didn't play last year. He was hurt the whole season. Max Muncie, 78. Isaac Paredes, 77. Josh Lowe, 76. Josh Springer, or George Springer, excuse me. 75, George Kirby, 74, Tyler Glasnow, 73, Kyle Bradish, 72, Christian Yelich, and 71, Brian Reynolds. Yeah, those guys all are better. All, all better. way better. I can't believe Glasnow's 74. Yeah, some of those guys I was surprised were that low. I know Springer had a bit of a down year. Yeah, but... Glasnow should be top 50. <laughs> Based on what he gave us, 70 to 90, I think Naylor's right. I mean, I think that's right <laughs> yeah. where he should be. Yeah, I don't have a so problem So he was not it. screwed. Because those guys are all – those guys have been – most of those guys from 70 to 90 – have been consistently at the level, if not higher, than Naylor, not one year. Or they were top prospects who had one good year. Right, exactly. So I think Naylor belongs between 90 and 100. I think that's Well, right. let me ask you guys this then, not Naylor. Yeah. They've gone up to 60. Yeah. And Naylor's the only guardian so far. Well, Jose will be up well, top. Outside of Jose, will there be another guardian in the top? Classe will be up there. Yeah, Classe will be up there. Um, Those two, anyone else? Bybee will be on there. You think he's going to be in the top 60? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Who give me the pitchers, Mike? Well, Sixty to seventy. Fell off that bad, huh? Well, I mean, I fell off that bad. What's that, Mike? I gotta pull it back up. What's uh, the top pitcher that they've released? Starting pitcher that they've yeah, released. Top so pitcher. The top pitcher they've released is the guy that the Dodgers just signed out of Japan. Yoshinobu yeah, no Yamamoto. Go to the next one. Justin Verlander. 
No, nah, Bybee's no. not. Right. Bybee's not on Bybee the list. and Gavin Williams. No. Gavin Williams should be on that list somewhere. Bybee and Gavin Williams should have been think on that so. list. They will. Gavin Williams was a top prospect. He I know, had, but he had he didn't do enough last year. Bybee was better than Gavin. Maybe Williams. I'm being biased, but I think they should both be on the top 100 list. They, I bet you they won't. I bet you Jose will Quan make it. No, I don't think so. Top 60 player? Probably not. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jimenez I, fell off that bad. He ain't going to make the list. If he was on the list, he would have been already That's on. That's crazy. You're talking about top 60 now. I think Classe and Jose are the only ones that are going to be on there. I could be wrong. But there's no way they're putting Bybee or Gavin Williams ahead of Justin Verlander, even at his age. And this, you're talking about Yamamoto, right? Yes. That's the Japanese pitcher. Yamamoto is, everybody thinks he's going to be an ace. Yeah, next year he'll be a lot higher on that. Probably because yes. he's never done it. Right, 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 right. So he's not, there's no way they're putting Bybee ahead of him. 61 that, to 64 all pitchers. Yamamoto, 61. Verlander, 62. Kodai Senga. Of the yeah, Mets, the Mets on the Mets, and Justin year. Steele of the Cubs, who had a Cy yeah. Young Justin Steele was top ten for Cy Young. Bybee should be on that list somewhere. He was second on the Rookie of the Year voting, and he wasn't an elite prospect, but right. he was highly well thought of. Our Keith Law said he's a, he could be. A if he were going to be one. on the list, though, it would have been around where Naylor is, or maybe the eighties. I would he, say seventies. He's not as good as any of those pitchers, or you know. But again, you you have to factor ceiling into it. Verlander's at the end. He is what he is. Right. Bybee's got a lot more runway. I guess I got to know who voted on this, too, whether it was the players or... It's just an MLB network list. Yeah, it couldn't I, be I the players, because the players it. wouldn't have no, voted for Yamamoto. No. Or... I don't know. I think Bybee should be on that list. Yeah, but he's not But he's he's not going to be ahead of those pitchers. Probably I just not. don't see it. All right, we're switching gears. Yeah, we're going to go back to the Browns, bring okay. in Jake Trotter after a quick word from FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl season to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. And right now, FanDuel has so many different ways to help you end the season with not just one win, but hopefully two, three, or many more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for who will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And the best part, new customers who join today get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook sponsor of the NFL. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.